being crew really like pushes you to do things it pushes you out of your comfort zone you've got mm. to speak to all different kinds of people people that you probably would never speak to normally um obviously you've got to deal with people who've got a lot of money um that might be really really demanding um I do think that selling crew would be to say that it, it does change your life but it might be addictive There now follows a podcast from the Damien Jen World Service here in London as part of their Not Just Crew Destination Unknown season. This audio production has been produced in association with Air Support International Airways. Well, hello and welcome to a, another episode of Not Just Crew. Well, on this one, we'll be speaking to uh, Nikki Crew, who's uh, worked for uh, several airlines, including uh, Flybe, and now works for British Airways in a contact centre. We want to speak to uh, Nikki as uh, she was sort of devastated at uh, being made redundant, not once, uh, but twice, uh, but still wanted to work within the aviation industry. So, yeah, let's talk to Nikki and uh, find out what happened. Got a great show for you today. Uh, I say I've got my usual uh, co-host. Uh, we have uh, uh, Alex uh, Chisnell, who's an entrepreneurial uh, podcaster. The lovely uh, Ali uh, Murphy, who's a uh, award-winning uh, voice artist. And joining us today is a previous guest, Tara Poncho, who, uh, well, the only way to describe it, she has a finger in a lot of pies, as well as being a cabin crew. And joining us as our special guest today is uh, from BA. Her name is uh, uh, Nikki Crew. She's worked for uh, several different airlines. She's faced redundancy uh, a, a, a few times, in fact. And uh, where we are at the moment, it'd just be uh, interesting to hear uh, perspectives from all different islands. Airlines, even, not islands. Um, and also, while we're on that subject, welcome to all our new members. Even since last week, we've had about another 300, uh, some from America, so welcome. Uh, Delta, uh, EasyJet, Nor- Norwegian, Ryanair, Tui, and, it, and BA, of course. It's a big, big welcome to you. Hopefully, um, you get from this as, as much as you want. The uh, only way to describe this is, is it's the crew room after we've landed. Uh We've uh, we've all got a, cu- a couple of drinks with us, so it's going to be uh, just relaxing. So please uh, just s- send in your questions uh, for Nikki. Again, Nikki, <laughs> welcome okay. to you. Love, love, love to see you, and thank you so so uh, so so much for joining us. Um, typical questions we ask everyone here. How how did you get into flying in the first place? Um, flying something that I always wanted to do. So from a very young age, going on holiday with my mum and dad and getting on the flight, like that was my favourite part about going on holidays, going on the flights and, and seeing the cabin crew. So I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I left school. Um, as well as that, like I do like to travel. I really like geography. So it kind of just was something that I was always working to. Um, so straight from school, I went into an apprenticeship and started with uh, like a local travel agency, a local independent travel agency. And I worked there until I was literally old enough to start applying for the airlines. I literally didn't go to college as soon as I left school. So at 16, I went straight into an apprenticeship. Um, and they kind of, yeah, they kind of like learn you on the job. Um, so I really think that I got more out of doing that than I would have by going to college. Um, I would say probably 90% of the people that I went to school with went straight to college. 
Um, I was one of the very few that went on and do an apprenticeship instead. Um, but I, like I say, I do think that that was the best thing for me. And it was really good learning on the job. And I think that's what helped us get into the airlines as quick as I did. And what was your first airline that you applied yeah, to? Yeah, no, you know what? I think <laughs> I think Trev's internet is a bit slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, Nikki, when you were applying for the airlines, did you just apply for them all? Um, yeah, as soon as I was 18, I started applying for the likes of Thomas Cook, um, First Choice, and they were still around. Um, I, I kind of stayed away from the likes of Virgin and British Airways because I, I was so young, I didn't really want to move away. Um, I wasn't sure on how commuting would work or anything like that. So I tried to stick with things that were like based at Newcastle which was the closest airport to me yeah um so uh I applied for Thomas Cook first I think um I got an interview for that and it was like the worst interview ever like I didn't know what to expect um I didn't know the whole x-factor sort of auditions that they do for cabin crew <laughs> yeah um it was really like I was out of my depth um but it did learn us a lot by doing that yeah. um the second airline that I got a an actual interview for was a new airline starting up at Newcastle called Flyjet. Um, oh, yeah. They already had a base at Gatwick and they had a base at Manchester. Um, no one's really heard of them, but um, yeah, they started like a full summer flying schedule from Newcastle. Um, the interview was pretty similar, but I got a job with them and I thought, you know, it's quite a good place to start. Everyone was brand new. No one knew each other. So it, it was quite good to start that way. Fantastic. I wonder if it's the same then with all the airlines doing that, like doing that whole X Factor style. Because yeah. I kind of thought it was just a virgin thing, but now I'm uh, the other airlines. No, no, like everyone that I've been to has been exactly the same. But yeah, like when you don't know what to expect, walking into that, you're like in a room of 50 people. It's it's really intimidating. And if you can do that, you can do anything. You're set up career-wise. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> So um, I was going to ask you as well, Nikki, when you said you literally always wanted to travel, were you like one of those, like, I mean, like for me, I was, I think I was like 11 when I had my moment. How old were you when you were like, right, that's it? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'd probably say it was way younger than that. Like yeah. maybe being like seven or eight, like it was just wow. something that I love to do. Like as soon as when you were going on holiday like you got your new trainers on and your your new tracksuit or whatever yeah. and then getting on the flight I used to just be in awe of, of flight attendants um so yeah even my mum and dad they, they knew that that's something that I probably was going to do as soon <laughs> yeah. as I left school and your your first airline that you started with that was Fly B was is that right um Flyjet Flyjet similar <laughs> yeah. yeah how long were yeah. you there for um I was there for two years Mm -hmm. um they actually stopped operating from Newcastle so that's why I ended up leaving um I was made redundant but the whole crew were made redundant at the same time because Newcastle wow. was closing down um they were actually bought by Silverjet um oh, who yeah. did like a luxury London yeah. New York I think they did London yeah, Dubai as well them. I remember them yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah they did um I was doing a promotion for Virgin in Boston um like a three-night promotion and Silverjet were on the opposite stand to us and we were actually launching premium economy at the time yeah. it's the first time it was it was out so it was a long time ago but I just remember because all the crew had to wear these necklaces didn't they instead of scarves yeah. and stuff and 
That yeah, was their kind of signature thing. And how premium you are. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to be different and it was different, but yeah. obviously it didn't work. It didn't bring in the money. But yeah, they, they launched this full premium, like only club service business class. Yeah. Um, had their and own terminal that, and things as well. So. How did that make you feel then being made redundant so only two years into the job? Was that sort of a bit of a shell shock um, or you expected? It it was it was a shock, but it was something that after we had like maybe two or three months of like you know, Galley FM where people yeah. say last, and um, so it wasn't like a total shock, but still we got told by email, um, and it was literally just an email that said Newcastle cease operation from I wow. think it was like the thirtieth of October, and then um, it, it was still a bit of a like oh deep down I really didn't. Like I wasn't hoping for this to happen. I really wanted it to continue for a little bit longer. Mm. Um, like I say, when when we started, it was like it was a crew that had never met each other. Everyone started at the very very start. The very yeah, yeah. like it was the yeah. building of the place. Like we literally, bond. yeah, yeah. It was it was a strong mm. bond, and it was. I still speak to people who work there to the day like they're, they're still amazing people and I love them and I love to see how they've all expanded and they're doing many different things now some have moved on to other flying jobs some are doing things that are totally different yeah. um but yeah but it was a strong bond because it was such a small crew and um, what many, did you oh, sorry go on Ali go no on. no you go you go ahead no I was just <laughs> going to ask how many people were at that base there, the um um at that base there was probably about 30 crew members um yeah. Are you in with all of them still? Um, pretty much, yeah. Um, there's like one or two, obviously, that are our classes friends that I would speak to more regularly, but I've still got pretty much all of them on Facebook um, and would all like chirp in and speak to each other throughout the year. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I guess there was like 30 of you then all trying to find new jobs and were you, yeah. were you still stuck on staying in the Newcastle area? Well, the good thing about... That really is every once Silverjet purchased Flyjet and their rights, um, they gave jobs basically to everyone. But I just didn't want to continue with Silverjet. I didn't want to. I was still quite young. I didn't want to move away. I didn't want to try the the whole commute. Um, So it was a little bit more scary. Um, So I would say maybe four or five people didn't go to Silverjet and chose to do other things. or just look for another job. So, yeah, yeah. it was kind of like you you just panic and think, oh, I just need to find something. I need to find something quick so I can still get the money coming in. And what did um, you find? What did you go to? I briefly went to a call centre um, for a bank. And I was literally just like your bog standard agent on the phone. Mm. Um, I, I kind of thought after getting made redundant, it was such like an awful experience. I thought I'm never, ever going to... F- fly again I'm never going to apply for an airline because I don't know if you know but Newcastle is quite a notorious airport for having airlines go under or pulling out um Um, yeah so it's um quite a hard one to keep up and running for a long time Mm -hmm. so I did decide not to apply for any more airlines but after about five or six months within this contact center I was just demented I was thinking I can't do this (laughs) 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 I can't be sat at a desk I can't be talking about bank and I'm not even interested in it 
Um, so yeah, then I applied, I started applying for more airlines and I ended up getting Flybay, which was really similar to Flyjet. Um, they were quite a small airline at the time. They um, didn't have a base at Newcastle and they were starting a base for Newcastle. So it was quite similar. Um, going into it, it was like an interview. There was two separate groups of crews that they were starting off with. And we all started again at the same time and built this base from scratch. So Amazing. it was quite familiar. Yeah, I got to do it all again. Simon Costello. Um, Simon joined maybe like a year after I did. So it's like a tornado coming in. But, uh, <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, that nice, relaxed, chilled out, sober guy. I can't imagine him yeah. working in anywhere. <laughs> I was waiting for the word dementia to be afterwards. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, yes. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, there we go. Okay, so how long were you with Flybe for? Um, Flybe, I was there for almost six years. Fantastic. Um, and so what kind of routes? I mean, so I've, I've only really flown uh, with Virgin. So let me know. How, what's Flybe what's Fly like? Where, where did you do? What's your sort of week to week? Flybe was really good because if you were a little bit like me, where you just wanted to be home on night time, yeah, mm-hmm. you didn't, you were never really away from home. Um, so we used to do Southampton, Gatwick, we used to do Newcastle, Gatwick four times a day. Um, yeah. so like, yeah, up and down, up and down, up and down, yeah. but it's it's quite it, like an easy, like it's easy to do if you just like being at home. Yeah, and um, do you get to, get to know your passengers? Because there's probably quite a few, like, regular... Yeah, users, yeah. There's a lot of regular customers, and, and even, like, when the, the base closed, a lot of my regular customers actually, like, found us on Facebook and were like, oh, we really miss the crew, we really miss the crew. So Aww. there was a lot of regular customers on them. Um, yeah. In the summer, we used to do, like, the, the French flights, um, like, taking, like, families over to the south of France. Um, there used to be ski flights, even though the aircraft were on, couldn't really fit many skis on. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it was it was enough to kind of keep you interested. Um, yeah. And then we started doing work for Brussels Airlines, and we used to go over to to Brussels and stay there for like a week at a time and fly out of there and go to like Hanover and places. So you oh, did amazing. get a few nights as well. Yeah, that's so it's like awesome, eight, but... eight hour layovers, isn't it? I used to, I yeah. a four month stint at um, City Flyer, British Airways Express, before yeah. Virgin. Um, we used to do like the, the there and backs and everything. But I was um, reading, Nikki, that you you were at Flybe for six years. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you you got made redundant from there as well. And then you were yeah. you said you were unemployed for like eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I was, I was just wondering during that time, because obviously there's a lot of people going through that at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your mindset? What, you know, how were you like, right, okay, um, you know, did you yeah. give yourself a time limit that you had to find something in a certain time or? Um, I'm not going to lie. I did just want to find something as soon as I possibly could. Um, yeah. I wasn't being very picky with what I was applying for. I literally was just applying for lots and lots and lots of jobs. Yeah. And um, because I was applying for that many, I felt like I wasn't getting anything really back from any of them even though I wasn't really invested in any of the jobs that I was yeah, applying yeah. for. There was none yeah. of them that I thought, oh, I didn't get a reply back from that one. I really, really wanted it. So to me, that shows that really I didn't, I wasn't really bothered about any of these jobs that I was applying for. 
Um, but again, it was just for, to keep the money coming in, really. Yeah. Um, and as much as I was managing, because I did get a redundancy payout, um, obviously being made redundant, you're able to sign on. Um, and that was like covering my mortgage payment. So that yeah. was fine. I got the support from my family. Um, but it was just, it's something that I, I can't describe. It's just something that's inside of me that thinks like, I need a job. Why have I not got a job? Why am I not hearing back? Why can't I find anything? Like I'm applying yeah. for anything. Why can't I get it? So does, was it like a grieving that? process as well from from Fly B from yeah, losing yeah. that airline that you've been with? Six years is a long time, and yeah. when you start so young, you you change a lot, don't you? During during those years, Definitely. especially with yeah. flying, I think flying just it it brings you up. It's like a, it's like having mm-hmm. a an, another parent. It kind of brings yeah. you up into being this whole different shape of person. So yeah. that must have been really tough to deal with as well. Yeah, when the, the well when I was made redundant, the base was still open for another year. So we got the choice to take voluntary redundancy or stay on to finish the operation for a year. Um, I felt like staying on for a year, it would just be kind of like you just waiting for it to end. Yeah. And I didn't want that. Wouldn't be the airline um, that you knew. No, definitely not. So there were still people that were still there. Um, and obviously they kind of went through their low periods as well. A lot of them were, were like calling, were still really emotional about it. Um, so it, it wasn't plain sailing for them either um I just thought it would be good to get out and kind of start my next chapter as soon as I possibly could instead of just waiting for it to end that's a good way of looking at it as well I think yeah yeah, that's a really healthy way of of going through it so so was your next job the job that you do now is that where Um, no so uh I went through obviously loads of applications um I started working at a spa for a couple of days <laughs> only lasted a couple of days it was something like um I think I I, I went in obviously it, it was okay um I started getting like loads and loads of responsibility for like minimum wage it's like my second day and I was like well, wow like they really trust me doing this but why they am I doing it? Like, they obviously saw potential in you and they were getting good value for money. I don't know if I felt like that was, well, it might have been their intention, but it didn't make me feel that way. It made us feel like, oh, I'm going to yeah. be sitting here on minimum wage with all this responsibility. Yeah, it dog's body. And Yeah, exactly. And I just thought, yeah. it's not something I want to do. Um, I did speak to... My, my, like my dad's kind of like the voice of reason whenever I'm having doubts I did speak to my dad my dad was just like you know what if you're not going to stay there you don't like it just end it there yeah um, energy yeah so the next job that I went into was only like a week later I knew it was in the pipeline um and that was something that I thought I was really really gonna like um and it was basically bank for a train a train company um oh, yeah. so Working on the railways, it's like a customer care system. I thought, you know what, it's exactly like crew. Obviously, it's not an aeroplane, but it's a train. Um, I'm going to get to do the same things. I'm going to be able to speak to the the passengers the way that I used to. Um, I'm still going to have that safety aspect because I'm sure like most crew, that is what they they kind of like the most. It's that Mm. responsibility, learning your drills, your SAP, everything like that, and kind of, you just feel like you've accomplished something by having all of that knowledge behind you and you really know what you're doing. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this was going to be perfect. Um, went in on my first day, got literally let straight onto the train, <laughs> put on a car, and drinks. There was no safety. There was nothing, and I just thought, oh god, this really wasn't what I thought. Um, obviously, this was the company that I was working for. I'm sure other railway companies might be totally different and they'll be safe. Don't name them, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought, like, why am I on the train without having any, like, safety briefings or anything? I don't know what to do in emergency. Like, wow. I, I don't know whether that's legally something that they need to do, but I didn't. And I just thought, well, again, this is something that, I had high hopes for but it's just not going to work um so I actually stayed there for a few weeks until I got my job where I am at now wonderful yeah yeah Nick, Nikki I, I don't know if you can hear me and I, I don't know if the because yeah. yeah, yeah, connect oh that's good <laughs> because the connection is really bad um even though you know when you first left flying uh, and we do get this a lot on this program do you feel like flying has actually really left your system were, were you were you still missing it uh, and was it was that half or was it totally out of your system by then? Um, no, definitely not. I don't think it really left my system until I got like another role within the company that I'm at now. Yeah. Um, I don't think it leaves your system until you're really fulfilled in whatever you're doing. Yeah, because yeah. okay. I, mean, I, I, lost, I lost some of the connections, so I wasn't quite sure where 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 we're um, up to. Um, just in case, and apologies if you've already mentioned this, because you, you've gone into your new job into a, uh, a contact centre with, with uh, BA now. Uh, before you tell us about that, can, can you just give us a quicker idea of um, what... Oh, somebody's, somebody's got a growl. Uh, so, uh, oh, my God, can you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's hilarious. He doesn't, he doesn't like voice. He doesn't like the sound of voice. Whoopi, <laughs> all the words that you could have used there, Trev. My God, <laughs> who said it was an accident? Right. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh sorry, Nikki. God. So, what's um? You, you, and you only have to touch on this, obviously, because my friends working. Um, what? And I'm sure it's very good. What? What do you, as a, in the contact centre, what do they think crew life is like? Do they think they've got it in the life of Riley? Is it easy? Uh, or, or is it just a colleague? They, I don't think that the, the, you've got that kind of team membership. Like the people in the contact centre definitely don't feel like they're part of the crew team. Mm. It's yeah. definitely us and them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do think that it's some sort of, yeah, life of Riley. It's really glamorous. Um, you don't really need to do very much. You get to travel the world. You get to see all of these places. There's often um, like talks of oh if, if the crew ever go on strike I would love to do that for a few weeks because I think it has been done in the past like well before yeah, my yeah, time yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they brought brought people in and yeah, um, yeah. would you would you think this is just because BA is, is such, such a, uh, a, a a massive uh company um do you think it's like that in all departments uh, I was just I was just wondering how sort of connected everyone seems within that do you think it's in short, it's because it's a big company uh, and everyone's sort of disconnected there because you don't sort of tend to get that at, at smaller companies. Yeah, I think because it is so big, it is a little bit disconnected and people don't 
even within the contact centre, I would say like different departments, you don't really know what to do um, unless the, you know, like sales agents or um, customer service advisors, like you, you kind of know a little bit about their job, but anything that you don't really see or have any involvement with, you really just paint your own picture in your head and think, oh, well, they don't do anything or what they do is really good, they're really so, easy. So how, how do you sell... Um, or do they? They might not even know you've been crew. But how do you sell being crew to them? Or if you had to, what what would you say? Yeah. Um, I would say it definitely changes. Yeah. Um, I think if you're more of a, a like an introvert, or you're a little bit shy, or um, you don't really like public speaking and things like that, I think being crew really like pushes you to do things it pushes you out of your comfort zone you've got to speak to all different kinds of people people that you probably would never speak to normally um obviously you've got to deal with people who've got a lot of money um that might be really really demanding um I do think that selling crew would be to say that it, it does change your life but it might be addictive mm, yeah, what, yeah, what do you think your your um your colleagues, do you think you have something like an, an edge to them of being crew in the job that you do now? Do you feel like that that cabin crew experience has given you a bit of an edge on that? I think it's helped in a way that um, I've been there and I kind of I know both jobs. So if anything comes up, I've got that extra knowledge behind us. So, for example, if someone's like, oh, what about this seat? Why can't an infant sit there? Like, I would know why the infant can't sit oh, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You so see it from all angles, don't you? Yeah. You see it from, and that, that is a great thing about crew. And, you know, we do see it from, we aren't just crew, are we? We literally are everything. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And from like a customer service perspective as well, like, obviously, you, when you deal with thousands and thousands of customers and they're all different customers, you know how to adapt to each individual one um mm. and you know what good customer service is so it annoys you when you don't get it um yeah so it, it is like you say it's, it's you've painted the picture and you've got a view of every single role um mm. so it does really help it does give you a little bit of an edge nikki and got a question also, um, from gone. paul um who says um do you think that you'd ever go back to being cabin crew if the circumstances were right um, I think if the circumstances were right, I would. I wouldn't, if I could stay doing my job now, I would never leave it. Because would I do not? really, really know. What, do what's really the, okay, so to take that to another level, I was thinking about this before, for you, what, what was your, what's your dream job? Like, if you could do anything in the world, yeah, yeah. what would it be? Um. Anything. Do you know what? I'd probably Not running in an ambulance for Simon Costello. I'd probably say just because I, I did get a chance to do a little bit of this with BA, um, maybe traveling, like doing a, some sort of hotel blog, um, or reviewing hotels. Um, yeah, dream. Like that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to start again, Nikki. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. that's what I, you know. That's how I, you know, when I was with the photography, I ended up getting invited to my friend's opening of my hotel that I had to photograph, and now that's how I do the retreats at the hotels in Morocco. Wow, 
Yeah, and it just all happened. I think that's because we are so good at the customer service thing and literally just giving people the space they need and, you know, and everything else. And I think, you know, like say what you're doing now, because before the role you're in now, didn't you, you were, you were still at BA where you, and then you, but you, you yeah. used to travel, but you still went on all the educationals, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Doing those educationals kind of made us think like if I had a dream job, it probably would be something like that, where I would just go visit hotels, review them, find out what they're like. And um, is that possible in your current role? Is that if, if, is there a pathway that you can now work towards? And um, you know, there probably would be in the future. Um, I would never say never. The obviously working your way up. I would say most of the roles like that probably would be based on Waterside in London. Yeah. Um, because at British British Airways holidays are kind of like a separate entity, um, oh. and they are all based down there. Um, but yeah, I would imagine there probably is something similar to that. Could That's the dream. And you, you need to work do, for it. Go for it. Exactly. Exactly. You do. You do training now as well. I. I. Um, tell yeah, us a bit like, more about that. So when I first started with British Airways, it was again something that I was thinking. I don't know if I'm going to like it, but obviously I'll give it a go. It's another contact centre. I know that I don't really like contact centres, um, but it. I got a job as a sales agent basically and I have never been a sales agent in my entire life I don't know how to really sell anything um I haven't got the gift of the gab I can't be one of those bubbly people who just like sells ice to the Eskimos I can't do it um so I did think oh this has got a life expectancy on it I don't know how long I'm going to last so um I kind of trolled through the first six or seven months thinking, oh, I really want to fly. I really want to fly. Like, yeah. this is not going to go away. I'm going to have to try and find another flying job. Um, and then the, the, there was a, a team created, um, which was like an, a Caribbean specialist team. And that's when I started doing the educationals. Um, so we did get to go to different hotels. And then obviously, if you've been there and you love it, you can sell it. And, yeah. exactly. it, it, and I think that's, that's, that's the thing with sales you can get scared yeah. of like sales positions because you think oh god I've got targets to meet and things like that but what yeah. all sales is is helping somebody with a problem if exactly. you've got something that helps somebody yeah. with a problem or makes somebody's life better which let's face it is crew that's what we did we weren't selling anything except the airline itself and the experience yeah. itself so exactly. if you wanted to go into sales yeah. and you're not feeling particularly confident about meeting targets or you know punching glass ceilings or whatever it is just think about how you can make somebody else's life better and and you've got exactly. it exactly yeah I mean that's exactly right that's kind of similar to the role that I do now um which which basically I, I listen to calls um I score them against the criteria that's out by the business um obviously make sure everyone's doing everything right they're all compliant but it's also to try and coach them on like upselling or maybe selling all together and um, just yeah. giving them hints and tips and ways to do that and when I first started I would never think that I'd be in a position where I would actually be trying to coach agents on selling a holiday yeah Simon's just asked this question which was kind of going to be my next question on that one and you think about where you've come from from when you were too young to apply for airlines to where you are now what do you feel like you're you most proud of what's your biggest achievement in that career so so far because you've got a long time left <laughs> I mean I, I am pretty proud of what I do now um because I, I do feel like I make a difference 
um, not just to the, like the business, but to customers as well. Because if I can coach an agent or give feedback to an agent that's going to make them better in the future, then the customers are going to have a better experience in the future as well. Um, yeah. So I would say my probably biggest achievement is getting the role that I'm doing now. Um, other than that, when I was flying, I, I did get a promotion quite quickly and I would say that that's probably my next best. That's yeah. a good sign, I think. When you get promoted quickly, you know you're doing well. Like you said, Ali, I was going to say, sorry, I was going to say, like, you know, when you do actually really, really believe in something, you can literally sell it, can't you? If you, yeah. if you don't, it's just not, it's not, just not going to happen. When well, something yeah, happens maybe. easy and you literally, even though it is ice to Eskimos, you can sell ice to Eskimos, can't you? If you believe in yeah. it. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, when Wendy's just said that. Yeah, yeah when she said that she can totally relate to you, Nikki. Yeah, she said she can sell some. She can only really sell somewhere that she's been, and it sells itself once you've experienced yeah. it. Yeah. After yeah. her river cruise, she sold three within her first week back. So, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 you need to send your people more places. <laughs> yeah, being able to tell someone that you've been there and you've done it, and you can do this, you can do that. Immediately, they'll buy it off you straight away. Um, yeah. So I encourage all companies to send people on educationals because they're, they're really, really, really beneficial. And, and what, you, yeah. what, what are things like at the moment then, Nikki? What's the what's the morale like? What's the communications been like? Because we've we've heard from a lot of uh, Virgin cabin crew um, who've been made redundant. They might be in the holding pool now, waiting to find out, you know, as, when things pick up because probably. I'm imagine it's pretty similar airline to airline. You know, these landing slots are so so valuable yeah. that they're holding on to them, even though they're shutting down Gatwick, for example, Virgin, and I don't know what BA's plans are. But yeah, what, what, what's the morale like? What, what's the communications like between everyone? What's what's your kind of take on it? Um, at the minute, it's all just like rumor mill, so we don't really know what's going on. It's all just up in the air. Um, I think the the thing that makes you kind of not hold it against the company at the minute is that it's not really any of these companies' fault. Um, it's something that's uncontrollable. No one knew this was going to happen. So I guess all we can do now is just wait and see how it all pans out. Hopefully the travel will have a maximum and within the next few months, everyone's going to really be needing to get more crew and get more sales agents and, and hopefully it'll, it'll pick it all back up. But I think what, no what's your main sort of job away. now because I guess you're not dealing with the same sort of things as you were dealing with pre-COVID um so at the moment I'm still doing my normal role um obviously we're able to work from home um because obviously we can just plug in and listen from home and send feedback via it's kind of like a sheet like a, an email form um mm-hmm. rather than face to face so it's different because we're not actually seeing agents we're not able to give like face-to-face feedback um problem solving can be a little bit more difficult because you're not there in the office and you can't just go and find someone and and speak to someone you've got to do it all through through emails and teams chats Mm. but um yeah my my actual job role day to day it's not changed that much other than the fact that I've got to do everything through a computer screen are you, are you, do, you, do you speak to customers at all or is it mainly just the agents? No, um, don't speak to customers. Um, when when we are in the office, we've got access to the phone line. So when it is busy, we do just hop on the phone. Um, so if there's disruption, um, really, really bad snow or like when all of this started, um, 
we did just hop on the phones because all of us have worked in other departments before uh, and we can just pick up the calls again. So yeah. we still have our hands in the pot and we can still kind of do jobs that we used to do. Yeah. Are people Are angry? Or? Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, people understand. <laughs> right. Sorry. Go ahead, Tara. Sorry. I'll be quiet now. I'll just, I'll just no, I was no. just going to ask because obviously Nikki's been in and out of different roles. Like, for you know, you've done so many different things all in the travel industry, really, and, and everything. And I, I just wanted to ask you, you know, with everything, like all, all the people that are watching and everything at the moment, and all the people that are in this group. Um, and the people that are going to see it and like you just said you know you've got to understand that this is because of you know coronavirus this is this has happened this pandemic um what is you know what advice can you give to those people at the minute that are literally in between that they don't know whether what where, where they're going next or you know mm. what was you what kind of yeah, you've been there, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. You, you've been there, you know. And, twice. Um, yeah, twice. <laughs> I think twice. that the, the main thing is for, well, if, if you don't know if you're getting made or anything, yeah, I think the main thing is just to put it at the back of your mind. Don't think about it. Um, just continue doing the best job that you could possibly do. Enjoy it until you actually find the, find out the news. Um, I think the worst thing you can do is start speculating listen to other people's rumours and what they think might happen because it does just cause a huge amount of anxiety um, so you best just carry it on as normal until you find that out and then when you find it out just think like it's not the end of the world I know each time that it's happened to me I've found something better yes it might have taken a little bit longer than what I hoped but I've found something and I'm happier now than I would have been then um I, I honestly think that everything opportunities if you hadn't been made redundant those times so yeah exactly yeah. each time I've found something better in it and I would never if if I was never made redundant from Flybay I would still be there I wouldn't know that my job that I do now exists yeah. um so I do think everything happens for a reason and yeah, everyone will find something it's steering you in the right direction, isn't it? At the time, you think it's like this massive obstacle, but actually, yeah. you're being steered actually in the right in the right direction. You know, like you said, all those jobs earlier when you were saying all those jobs that you applied for before and you weren't getting them, but actually, deep down, you didn't really want them anyway. No, no, definitely so not. It's, it's almost like you know, it's like no, Nikki, that's not the right road for you to go down. You've got to go down this road. So it's all exactly. steering you in the right direction. So and yeah. look where you are now. It's amazing what you're doing, what you've achieved. Mm. And I would say people cannot be put off by applying for contact centres because, like I say, it wasn't something that I had a long-term plan for when I started working at a contact centre. But once you're in there, you might find something that's just perfect for you. Um, can so I, don't be can put I ask off. you a question with contact centres? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to completely show my naivety here. What's a contact centre? Um, a point of contact for customers. <laughs> so like yeah, it's customer services and yeah so it's it's basically um where we are now it's like a huge building it's got hundreds and hundreds of staff in um all primarily uh, are on the phone or at the other end of a computer to to answer emails um so yeah and, and apparently they're like the northeastern people so that's why there's quite a few up here 
Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, just a quick question for you. And uh, it's happened to me when I worked on Secondment once. Have you ever listened into a conversation uh, when you're sort of assessing something and forgot to turn the mic off? Because <laughs> um, no, I, I, I have. I was only there, um, say, as a common. It was only for a few days. And every time I was saying, God, they're a bit moany. I did forget to turn the mic off. And they said, what was that voice? What was that voice? And, um, yeah, have you ever done anything like that? Uh, yes. Yeah. And could it happen tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> not, not for me, no, because I don't need to turn my mic off. So, But it, it, it does happen for agents, I suppose, now and then. What's the most absurd thing that you've heard down the line? What What's been like? You think, oh, yeah. Jesus. Do you know what? It's it's probably not from like the customers' side of things. Obviously, you get customers that are not very understanding and they just don't understand what you're trying to say at them, and they go around in circles. But it's more like you hear quite a lot of funny things from agents. So, like when they put the customer on hold, if you don't turn your mic off, like Jeff yeah. just said, um, the mic starts singing. And it's <laughs> like a whole song before they answer the phone to the customer again and pick them back off off all. I'm so not going to get that. <laughs> what, Jamelia or something like that? <laughs> yeah, on hold music. I frequently oh, yeah, got yeah. caught out by Crew Control when I was on hold to Crew Control, singing along to whatever hold music there was. <laughs> um, I think oh, they is got Spanish guitar or something. So, but oh, yeah, they normally just sing their own <laughs> <laughs> change the disc change the disc no but because um, we come up to 45 so we're, we're start wrapping up soon but on a more serious level if the circumstances were right and it, it was union backed and health and safety had signed it off and, and you were happy with it would you ever work with Simon Costello again <laughs> <laughs> It's a, tough one. it's a tough one. I am scared of one day ringing 911 and needing an ambulance and Simon turning up. Do, do, you know, do you know, right, that actually yeah. happened, that has absolutely happened and Simon... I don't know who it happened to. Do you? Was he works for in labour? Yeah. Yeah, worst nightmare. That's the worst one. Oh, my God. You ought to be having a heart attack. It's, 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 it's a colleague we all know and she could be watching I won't mention her but her story was the fact she told me it not, not even Simon yeah um, got into labour uh, Simon turned up and they know each other sort of quite well and she said there's no way you're going to see my where, where, where I've been <laughs> 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 oh then the baby after you let me guess the baby yeah, that's right. uh, yeah. something, something to do with um, Tara's dog she's looking after something like that Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Did he lock up his Wi-Fi again? Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell you all a story in the green room after I'm a, a, oh, okay. a, a doctor. About your dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, do you, what do you love most about your job right now, then, Nikki? Um, I like the fact that I feel like I'm making a difference. Um, I feel like I'm doing something rather yeah. than just kind of pen pushing um and yeah so it's it's really just helping people that I like doing I'll, I'll, if, if anybody wanted to go into the same sort of career as you what, what what would their steps be what would you recommend they do um I, I believe in the good old-fashioned starting from the bottom and working your way up um yeah. 
so, which I guess is crew. We've already kind of halfway up that ladder. So yeah, yeah, we've done it, haven't we? We've done it so many times. Every every time you've gone to an airline, you you always start at the bottom, don't you? And you know, and there's not yeah. many companies where you uh, have to go for an interview to get promoted. But you know, that, that never used to be a, the case, mm-hmm. did it? You know, but. Yeah, I think yeah. once you're in, there's there's a lot of opportunities that you never even thought were, were ever there. And I think as long as you've got that bit of experience behind you, you're probably going to move up that ladder a little bit quicker, especially if you've got <laughs> a lot of, of travel industry experience. Um, like I say, I think Cruise like the highest customer service experience that you could possibly have. So yeah, that's got to yeah, be beneficial yeah. for pretty much any job that you go into. If you do can you, smile while cleaning up sick, you've got it. Do you still get um do you still get defensive if people moan about crew then, Nikki? Oh definitely. No, definitely. You know, they always I do. Do. Yeah, I know. We always have a little moan, don't we? But if anybody like you go, Oh, hang on a minute, yeah, I was crew, you know, it's kind of like it's like you, family. You can moan about them, but yeah. no one else can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So you still do like, you know, you're at work and someone's yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you yeah. get a lot of people mourning, thinking that it's like this perfect life. But yeah, I definitely stick up for them still. And where's your favourite, um, you know, you said you used to do your educationals and everything. Where was your favourite destination that you, you went? Um, favourite destination on educational probably would be Barbados. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I miss Barbados. Yeah, I do on the beach with the BBC right now. Yeah. Nikki, because I promised, in fact, because I'm broadcasting from the kitchen, I promised my family I would have this done in an hour so they can come in and cook, because uh, this is the only place with a still in here. Uh, so, uh, Nikki, yeah, before I start with uh, closing uh, uh, comments, um, where do you honestly see and what are your predictions for the whole airline industry, say, within uh, a, a, a year from now, even? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm quite confident that things will pick back up. Um, so I'd say in a year and a half from now, pretty much be back to normal. Fingers crossed. Let's, let's, let's hope so. Okay, hope guys. So. Uh, okay, um, well... Actually, come with closing comments, then I'll come to uh, uh, Alex. Um, okay, uh, right, in that case, um, I'll start with young Ali on my top right. Your closing yeah, comments. Yeah, what I found really interesting yeah, talking to you, <laughs> what I found really interesting talking to you, Nikki, is that the thought that actually, even if maybe you've been made redundant as crew, it's not the end of your travel industry career and there are so many other options that are out there and uh, it's something that I think a lot of people could think about is where else in the industry can you put yourself and where can those skills that you learn as crew be most valuable so thank you for bringing that to uh, to light yeah. <coughs> Tara the lovely yeah. Tara De- debut Tara with fingers in all the pie so fingers in all the pies um, no I was just going to say I think Nikki's a great example of someone who obviously clearly loves travel and you know it just if travel is in your blood it's in your blood and that's it and Mm. you know don't settle for anything less and I think you've just proved that you know clearly you've demonstrated that and um yeah so I think for all those people out there if travel is what you want to do from day one then you know don't go anywhere else yeah yeah. industry yeah Alexa 
Uh, Alexa. Uh, Paul Davis is asking Ali when uh, when she's going to be working for the BBC again. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll reiterate what Tara says actually I I think it just shows you know resilience and perseverance and and if you do want to you know stay in this industry which you know we've seen the comments in this group now for a couple of months we're probably getting on for now to be honest with you probably getting on for seven or eight weeks you know clearly a lot of people got into this industry for the love of travel in the first place for the lifestyle you know that that gives you Um, and I think there are other opportunities out there. You know, it might take a year, it might take three years to get back to where things were. Um, but I think there are other opportunities within travel, you know, you know, think outside the box, look further afield, um, and those opportunities will be there. Um, and just to, to finish up on, go on, Tara. No, I was just going to say, with the travel thing, you know, like starting your own business, you know, if you've got an idea, then, you know, I think more than ever now, people realise how important life experiences are and travel in general. And Mm -hmm. I think basically if somebody's got an idea out there that nobody's done yet, then they should try and apply it. Because I think travel's going to be, people are just realising how important travel is now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as you mentioned there, starting a business so next not just crew live is going to be this thursday so i've got a friend of mine um sabrina stocker who was on most people probably recognize her from um bbc tv the apprentice show with lord sugar so she's um she's done a bunch of things she's still only in her early to mid 20s but um she's gonna be coming on doing a live with me this thursday talking about how she's uh, had to grow a personal brand whether using that um to leverage uh, a business opportunity um she started an online business just during lockdown called um my shopping slot.co.uk got over half five hundred thousand users in the first eight weeks it got public relations in every single newspaper in the entire country um so for anybody in here and it's interesting we put a poll up to see how many people wanted to to dive straight into another job or how many people were thinking of starting a business and i was really surprised the fact that there's about 40 percent of people um wanted to start a business definitely, really definitely. it's really your great. own brand it's been it's about being your own brand as well mm. it is yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you're selling yourself aren't you at the end of the day no matter what size of business you have no matter what industry you're in you are selling yourself so if you can like sabrina's done you know leverage an opportunity to be on tv grow um, you know, following to, you know, 40,000, you know, kind of micro-influencer level. But off the back of that, she's done, you know, loads of speaking engagements. She's launched multiple businesses. Um, she's a business coach as well. So for those of you, you know, looking looking for advice, looking to ask her questions, uh, we're going to do this one during the afternoon, half past one on Thursday. Um, so you can always watch the replay if you can't make it live as well. Mm, I'll be watching. Yeah. And Alex, can they send their um, can they send their questions in before Thursday in case they they can't catch it? That's right? a really good idea. Just click on the events, um, which I just posted up today, and just join in the discussion there. Um, just ask your question there. I mean, she was recently announced Business Leader Magazine, one of the top thirty-two female entrepreneurs to watch. In 2020, that literally came out about two weeks ago as well. Um, so any questions you've got around female entrepreneurship, starting an online business, um, business plans, personal branding, anything like that, 
post up your question if you can't make it. I'll ask it live for you. Um, and yeah, that'll be fun. I look forward to it. Mm, brilliant. Okay. Well, look, th- thank you. I'll sort of start with my sort of uh, closing comments because, I mean, so much has been going on since, since all this started. Honestly, if you if you all knew how much my life has changed since all this, uh, I, I've achieved more in these last few months than I have done in, in, in a long time. I'm not sure if that sort of having the time off to, doing cargo flights has given me uh, lots of uh, thinking time. I've been in contact with uh, lots of very, very useful people. I think we've all seen our lives changes and, and hopefully all for the positive. It doesn't have to be negative, even if it does feel that way uh, at the moment. And, I mean, even these guys on here, I've sort of reconnected with it. I mean, obviously, I knew them all, but, I mean, I've been speaking to everyone here on a uh, uh, a regular basis. We've had uh, brilliant, brilliant guests. And thank Nikki, thank you so much uh, for joining mm-hmm. us. And, thank you, Nikki. Um, thank yeah, you no, been really yeah, good and it, it, and it has and it's just it's just shown that even if you're not ready to sort of leave your particular job there you, you might well you're going to find a new path and it might even be within that industry let's say uh nikki might come in if she's ever sort of brave enough to work with simon again and maybe hopefully that hasn't scarred her too, too much but we we do empathize we honestly so no but th- thank you all so much and thank you everyone for joining us we'll have a quick discussion in the green room afterwards to say i've literally borrowed this kitchen for one hour so uh thank, thank you all so much. family members jumping at the door so uh, thank you all so much for uh, joining us on today's episode hello little do- believe it or not a little doggies come and join me now okay um oh, Trevor's going down growler Okay, all right. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Alex will end the broadcast there. Everyone, just hang around in the green room uh, just to get some notes. And thank you all so much for joining us. Once again, Nikki, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Well, that's quite an interesting episode uh, today. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Nikki. Well, in summary, what have we learned today? What was uh, Nikki Tillers? Well, what she was saying as one door closes, a uh, another one uh, usually opens, and many opportunities will come your way. Uh, don't dwell on bad things. I mean, look at Nikki. She was uh, made redundant twice, uh, but still wanting to carry on working in aviation and now works at a uh, contact centre uh, with BA. Um, crew life is not easy as uh, it's sometimes uh, perceived but it really does give you an excellent uh, background and footing for uh, customer service so uh, thank you Nikki uh, for appearing on today's show well guys there you go please join us on the uh, next episode of Not Just Crew If you have any stories you'd like to contribute to our podcasts for future episodes, please contact us at hello you at notjustcrew.me.